Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Eight and a half by eleven by Pieces of Scully on AO3. Rating Mature. Hey, be a doll and go grab a box or two of printer paper before you leave. You have time, right? It's been six months since I've been honored with the title of special agent, and I'm still making coffee runs and grabbing a quick box of paper from the basement. I expected this for the first month, maybe even the second, but half a year later, I'm not so naive that I thought I'd be tracking down terrorists or working as the lead on a kidnapping investigation, but I did think I'd be using my badge as something more than a prop to impress men at the local bar. Unfortunately, the stories I've made up to earn myself a free whiskey and Coke are far more interesting than my day-to-day tasks of background checks and an endless loop of, do you want real cream or the powdered stuff for your coffee? Fortunately, a free drink is a free drink. I sigh, internally screaming that I'm capable of so much more than this, then force a smile. Of course I do, I say to my superior. He winks at me before he disappears. They always fucking wink. 5.57 p.m. I hurry from my desk that has been clean and bare since lunchtime to the hallway, weaving through a multitude of other agents leaving for home after a day probably spent investigating, the briefcases swinging back and forth, and a sea of muted colors and worn leather. I almost bump into Jason, the cute one from accounting, when I see it. Elevators temporarily out of service. Please use stairs. Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. I push through the crowd of agents as we make our way down the stairwell like a river flowing into the open sea of the first floor. As the rest of them shove through the door marked floor one, I continue down the last flight to the basement. My toes are screaming as I emerge into the poorly lit corridor, but I ignore them. These new Calvin Klein heels will not get the best of me. It's dark down here, with only a few of the overhead lights in working condition. They flicker every few seconds, threatening to shut off without a moment's notice and submerge me in utter darkness. Please stay on. I'm terrified of basements. It's an old childhood fear that has followed me into adulthood and definitely 150% includes old, dusty, barely lit J. Edgar Hoover basement. Boxes of old expense reports line the hallway with dates written in permanent marker and I glance at one that catches my eye. June 1994 the year I graduated high school, and suddenly I'm thrust back to the days of platform loafers and brown lipsticks. I can practically smell the layers of hairspray and CK1 perfume as I lift the lid to thumb through the expenditures of that year. I don't know, Scully. I freeze when I hear his voice. They're in their office. His voice is lower than I expected. But oh my God, they're never here. Of course, I've heard of them. Their reputations precede them. And the rumors are endless. They are secretly married. No, she likes women. No, they are just secret lovers. He's an alien. They have a love child that is raised by their parents. He sleeps with anything that has legs. She's a government-built robot. And so on and so on. Again, the rumors are plentiful. Jackie loves to fill me in on the latest scoop. But I don't know what to believe. One thing I do know is that they are fascinating a psychologist from Oxford, and a medical doctor, both appearing as if they've just stepped out of a GQ magazine photo shoot, bound together by fate to save the world from the dark, unexplained forces. 
freaking swoon, you know? They sound like the leads in a sci-fi show who are unbelievably sexy, and you can't help but wait at the edge of your seat every week to see if they finally kiss because they're just too good looking to not be together. God, I can only hope that I get partnered up with. Mulder, just relax. Anyone could come down here. It's the end of the day, I hear her say. Everyone's gone. It's just us. Oh. Oh, no. I know that tone. Hell, I've used that same tone of voice. That's the tone when I I should go. My heart is starting to race, and I'm pretty sure what's about to happen is against Bureau rules, and my armpits are starting to sweat. I need to turn back around and just leave for the day. So why am I toying my shoes off? I need to leave, but my curiosity is silently pulling me barefoots towards their office door. And, oh my God, it's not closed. Have you ever heard the phrase, swallow a squeal? I didn't believe it was a real thing until just now because I totally just swallowed the squeal that is in my throat because their door is open a few inches. It's not shut. It is definitely open and I can see inside. For such a dark basement, their office is surprisingly deliciously bright. Agent Mulder is backed against the desk, and Agent Scully is pressed so tight against him that I'm pretty sure his belt buckle is going to leave a mark on her belly. She has his tie round round her hand, and she's pulling his face to hers. He seems to hesitate at first, only for a moment, and glances at the door. Shit. I step back, hiding in the shadows that lurk all around me. I'm certainly not leaving now, and I desperately don't want to be seen. I don't even want to imagine that awkward conversation. Hi, nice to meet you. Sorry about being a creep and watching you two almost make out. Yeah, no thanks. I'm trying to work my way up in the bureau, not in my career in a silly quest to satisfy my own curiosity. But I need to know. I inch forward and peek through the cracked door when I hear the moaning. Whatever hesitation he felt is clearly gone because now they're ravenous. She wraps her arms around his neck as they kiss and his hands are everywhere at her lower back, pulling her closer, gripping her hair, clutching her skirt. It's as if he can't touch enough of her at once. You sure about this, he growls. Oh, Christ, his voice when he's aroused is perfection. Scully laughs, then leads him around the desk and pushes him into the chair. I clamp my hand over my mouth, almost giggling in excitement. She's taking charge, and I love a woman that takes charge. With that stunt you pulled earlier at the mandatory seminar... Absolutely. Stunt? What stunt? He smiles that smirk that makes all of our knees weak. And I didn't hear you complaining. Okay, seriously, what stunt? Jackie swore they fucked like rabbits in their basement office, but I couldn't bring myself to believe her. She also swore that Scully was a government-built robot, but I don't think robots move like... Scully drops to her knees on the floor before him. Robots definitely don't move like that. I hear the clinking of a belt buckle followed by the pull of a zipper. Holy shit, I whisper. Holy shit, he groans. And he digs his head into the back of the chair. I cover my eyes instinctively, but immediately spread my fingers to peep through. Scully is completely hidden behind the desk, with the exception of quick glances of the crown of her auburn hair before disappearing again. Over and over, Mulder's eyes are closed and his lips are parted. His one hand grips the edge of the desk while the other holds on for dear life to the arm of the chair. I feel a faint ache between my legs and try to ignore it. I shouldn't be watching this, let alone be getting turned on by it. 
He pants her name as she continues, sucking and occasionally humming, then reaches her hand to his throat. She grips, squeezing for a moment. Then I watch as her fingers trail over his Adam's apple, then scratch her nails down his chest over his shirt. He's rocking in his seat, thrusting himself into her mouth, unable to control himself. Scully, if you don't stop soon. With a pop of her lips, Scully emerges from the floor. And once with motion, Scully is pantyless, with her skirt hiked up to her hips. Oh, wow, okay, she's taking it home. This is happening. This is also absolutely against the fucking rules. They could be fired. I could be fired, probably. Now would be a fantastic time to leave. And I could still say with honesty that I didn't know if they had sex in their office. I would only be witness to little fellatio. What's a little fellatio between partners? No big deal. But when Scully climbs atop Mulder in that chair and finally takes him inside of her, I don't think any of us care about being fired. There's been such a buildup to this moment that I gasp with relief with them when they're finally joined. God, if I thought I was aroused by them a few moments ago. I rest my face against the door jam and grip the cool metal with my fingers. Lord, give me strength and forgive me for I am committing a sin. I should back away out of sight. I should tiptoe out of here. I should glance down the hallway to at least make sure I'm still alone. But I can't take my eyes off them. Mulder makes quick work of unbuttoning her blouse, cupping her breasts, as if he's done it a thousand times before, her body fitting perfectly into his hands. Scully rises and descends at a dangerously slow rate, teasing him until he's begging her to move faster. Their locked gaze doesn't break when she takes all of him in. It doesn't break when she begins to grind against him, or when she grabs hold of his shoulders to ride him harder, faster. They move together like lovers with experience, fluid but with determination. She pulls and he follows. He leans and she meets him halfway. It's almost poetic the way they are together, wrapped in each other's building ecstasy, pushing each other closer. She whispers his name, almost as if in wonder, and I see his eyes narrow. Interesting. He likes hearing his name on her lips, especially in moments like this, I'd bet. He grips her hips and lifts his own, thrusting into her. The chair squeaks beneath them, strained under the motions, begging for mercy in time with Scully's punctuated, oh, oh, oh. And I, for a moment, I wonder if the chair is going to break. Mulder, oh my God. Fuck, I'm going to come. Her back arches and she throws her head back as Mulder wraps his arms around her waist. He holds her as the waves of orgasm flood through her, pulling him right along with her. Jesus. He chants her name against her chest as he orgasms, then presses sloppy kisses to the top of her breasts. After a second, they collapse into the back of the chair, laughing, and my knees almost give out. I turn away and lean against the wall, catching my breath, as I slide down to sit on a box left outside their door. Through the buzzing in my ears, I can hear them murmuring about who is going to tell Skinner that they need a new chair. I can't help but smile for them, but then startle as I feel the box beneath me give a little under my weight. I look down and stifle a laugh. Staples. Copy paper. Eight and a half by eleven. Seven years, Scully. I hear the familiar jingle of his belt buckle. If I'd known the office wasn't off limits. This was the first and last time, Mulder. First and last. So, Jackie was wrong about them fucking like rabbits in the basement. 
I snagged the box of paper in my heels and tiptoed down the hallway to the stairwell. But Jackie will never know the truth. This dirty little secret is one I will take to my grave. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>